are listening to Prickly and Blooming, brought to you by LaJoy Society. And now, your hostess, Jessie Browning. All right, all right, all right. So let me tell you about the past 10 seconds, okay? I kept trying to turn on my recorder, and I kept like turning on and turning back off. And I was like, what the... What in the hell is going on? I turn it on and it just immediately turns right off. And then I realized, oh, right. I unplugged it because I had to plug in my curling iron <laughs> yesterday. Because <laughs> there's only two plugs in my bathroom. And they're way over across like by the toilet, which is cool because we have like a, a bidet thing that you need a plug for. <laughs> but th- it's not long enough to stand in front of the mirror and curl your hair. So what I do is I sit at my desk and turn on photo booth on my computer and curl my hair by the photo booth. (laughs) So I had to unplug my audio recorder to plug in my curling iron because there's, oh, my blow dryer was plugged into the other plug here by my desk. I only have two plugs by my desk. (laughs) There are two plugs like here in this desk area. I guess I have a power strip too. You have a power strip because you need more plugs. But that's like far underneath the desk. So anyway, as I was plugging in my recorder, the cord then knocked over my bubbly water all over my feet. And then my socks got wet. (laughs) Right as I was like hitting record. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Do you have those goobery moments? And, And I like, I think I almost caught the water halfway down. Or did I? I don't remember. You need to remember. No, I know it fell, but I, I like almost caught it. Can you do that where you drop something with one hand and then catch it again? I can do that pretty well. My husband can do it super well. How's it going? It's February. In my world right now, we're having a water issue in the town I live in. So we're on day two of my children being home from school. And yesterday they just had the day off. But today it's like school from home again. April and May of 2020 flashbacks. I'm having to log children into their eye station, their clever, their galaxy math, and <laughs> they're they're all of the, all of this. And I have to I have to log them in every time. Every time you have to use a new app. I don't know the clever is not safe. I don't know. And then I had screen time set. I've had screen time set for my kids for a couple of years, and they're all out of screen time already. So I keep having and you have to approve screen time on every web page. So every time there's a new authorization web page and then it's like your password is wrong and then it's like <laughs> shuts down the web page because you don't have so I was just like ah! I turned off screen time because then uh, at this point I'd have to approve every single click basically. So I turned off screen time. I was like, oh God, I can't do anymore. So it's adding a whole nother step where I'm going to have to go in and I grab their iPad and I put in their passcode and like and then we try the password again. And so anyway, I was having that kind of morning. I got to go to work later. We can't be open at our business right now because of this water issue. So work is um, is catching. The, my husband and I are still like catching up on all. We just opened this business, obviously. There's still plenty to do in these moments of like, well, there's there's not people coming in, but my husband and I are still like doing all sorts of stuff. Like I did some, I did planting i needed i have had empty pots i've had like seven empty pots on the shelves and i was like oh why don't i go get some plants and put them in the pots today that's what i did yesterday so it was kind of like a, a blessed weekend we've almost had 
So anyway, hi, that's my long-winded introduction. How are y'all doing? Good. Okay, that's good to hear. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I'm glad you finally got that done. Great. Let's catch up on that next week. Okay, good. <laughs> so I have someone, again, to introduce you to. Um, so this is another, you know, interview regular week. And then next week we'll have like a more oft oft what is that oft off topic um episode but this week we're, we're, we're doing our regular uh, our regular scheduled interview and i have melanie here for you this week and i ah uh, i just okay i'm i'm gonna say a lot of things over and over again like one like rate the show oh did i mention that yet did you rate the show okay so rate the show and then the other thing that you're just gonna hear me say all the time and i don't care i just love this project for introducing me to all the women i'm meeting like I don't know any other way I would have come across all these people. And I feel like I was meant to. Does that make sense? Like I, I really feel like there's some sort of like gravitational pull that gets these women in my orbit (laughs) and we're supposed to connect and we're supposed to have met and I'm, I'm here to share their story. And I really felt that when I was, I was talking to Melanie. Okay. Without further ado, Let's go meet Melanie. So here I am with Melanie. Hi, Melanie. Hi. <laughs> so, you know, as we start the show, I always like to know a little bit about you before we hear your story. Like, whatever you want to share. I don't know. You know, <laughs> shoe, <laughs> shoe size, hair shoe color. Size. I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> likes, dislikes. It. Yes. Size seven, seven and a half sometimes. Very good. Yes. Very yes. good. Yeah. It's very important stuff. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, the work that I'm doing. I can tell you the work mm-hmm. that I'm. What I'm up to yeah. these days is I work with single people who struggle uh, in dating and relationships and can't figure mm-hmm. out what's going on that they keep hitting a dead end in that realm. And so we do the inner work and dig in there and help them figure out what's getting in their way so that they can have ease and greater self-esteem and be able to find a well-matched partner you know what the best part about these little like tell me about it's it's usually like a total like oh i feel like we know what we're gonna hear uh-huh. <laughs> you know like uh-huh. I, <laughs> you know it's always mm-hmm. like a little preview of like i feel like this is relevant yes so again <laughs> after <laughs> after you know we, we hear a little about you i like to know the moment you know the We've defined it a couple different ways. The this wasn't the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, this can't be my life, or just not this. And I think you have a couple. And so let's just like hear them all, like in in just like list order. You know, like where okay. have you made changes in your life that you can identify in hindsight? <clears throat> I was thinking about this today, and so there's, mm-hmm. I have four four mm-hmm. moments that were kind mm-hmm. of like just life-changing for me. And the first one was early on. I was in college in New Orleans and Mm -hmm. just, I grew up with this idea. I'm supposed to follow this certain track in life. I'm supposed to go to college and then I got a good job and then, you know, is this whole track. (laughs) And I was just not happy. I remember not being happy. I was having fun, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't being, I wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. I got a very strong call one night sitting on my little, uh, 
white Jetta uh, looking mm. out at the moon. I remember so looking out at the moon, the big full moon, uh. on my, the back of my white Jetta, and it was this loud call that said, go to the wilderness. And I'm like, uh. what? Go to the wilderness. What? I'm an LA girl. Like, what do you mean, go to the wilderness? You know, that's not my jam. That wasn't my who I was. But it was so, so loud. And um, anyway, I a voice that loud. I just knew something within me knew you have to listen. Uh, And I ended up dropping out of college and finding a way to go to the wilderness, which was completely life changing and totally altered. Uh, my path and, you know, disappointed my parents and all that, but that was totally life-changing. So that was one of them. It's very like uh, a a music video. (laughs) Does it sound like a music video? I mean, it's a great story. There's so much to it that could go on. I love it. Yeah, let's hear hear the next one. The next one was I, after I finished my last final in grad school, I was studying to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. That last day, finished my final, got on a plane to Bali. It was my first time traveling, you know, anywhere in the world like that alone. I met this guy right before I left for Bali. (laughs) And we had been on a few dates and the chemistry was there. And it was just this real (laughs) draw. And I spent my whole time in Bali going to internet cafes and Skyping and emailing with him and being obsessed with this guy and this dream of what we were going to be and these long emails. And (laughs) I just thought, oh, I found the one, you know. And Uh um, the day that I got back, we had plans and discovered that it didn't, he was not the one and he disappeared. He ended up disappearing. And I was like, all, I felt like I was in love, you know, he disappeared. And that broke me. There was something about that experience and the hopes Mm -hmm. I had and putting all this energy into it that when I, you know, when, when he disappeared, something in me just cracked. And I remember crying for like weeks. I just could not pull myself together. And that was so important because it was at that moment that I ended up, friend recommended seeing the spiritual counselor. Okay. And I started seeing the spiritual counselor who helped me realize so many important things. I got more connected to source, God energy, mm-hmm. realized mm-hmm. I was making men my source uh, instead of mm-hmm. sourcing my own happiness. So that totally changed my life and put me on a different path. That was two. Oh. Three was my new career path. So I ended up, I was at a school. I loved it. I was a therapist working with teenagers and loved, loved working at the school. All of a sudden they call us into a meeting. They let us know that the school is bankrupt and shutting down. And I'm like, no, but inside this little thing said to me, that little voice again said, don't worry, this is perfect. This is perfect. Don't worry. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. And so I Mm -hmm. relaxed. I ended up, eHarmony was hiring uh, therapists to be dating coaches and matchmakers. And I'm like, this is my, yeah. So I went to eHarmony. Yeah. I was so happy. Went to eHarmony. It was such a great job, or I thought it was for me. And then got there and just, it felt like a toxic environment Management-wise for me, it was not a fit energetically. I had horrible stomach aches mm-hmm. every day going into the the corporate office. Just realized 
that wasn't for me, but I was afraid to leave. I had this great job and I had this big office to myself. It was secure. I could Mm -hmm. come and work the hours I want. I mean, it was everything I wanted on paper, but energetically (laughs) it just was so painful. And, um, they, I remember they said, we're going to move you to a cubicle. You're going to, you have to leave your office and go work with everyone in the cubicle area. And with Mm -hmm. ADD and I can't focus well, like being Mm -hmm. around people in a cubicle, I just knew that wasn't something I could do. So I said, I can't do cubicle world. And they told me, okay, we're going to release you, but why don't you go home and finish off with your clients, work from home for until, you know, the next six, seven months until you're done with your, you know, private clients. So I went home and started working from home and realized, oh my God, I love working from home and I hate working for other people and I have to find a way to never work for anyone again. And like, this is how I want to live. Like, this is perfect. And so it was at that moment Mm -hmm. that I was like, I am never going to work for anyone again. I I can do this Mm -hmm. on my own. And I had no clue how I was going to bring in clients, like I was going to restructure my business. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew that I had to. And so that was a really huge Mm -hmm. transitional moment was like, I've got to, it's time to do this on my own. And even despite Mm -hmm. the fear and like not knowing the path, it was clear that that was it. So that was another big moment for me career wise. And then the last one that stands out was um, the most recent one, which was, I would say, I would say about two years ago, I was, um, Mm -hmm. I'd been living in LA. I'd had the same apartment for 20 years. I was so, it was great. It was this little beach pad. It had Mm -hmm. rent control. It was so cute. I mean, it was, it was perfect in all these ways, but I got really depressed. Like I was not, Mm -hmm feeling happy and it was it was not the lifestyle i wanted living mm-hmm. in la you know neighbors i had neighbors above me on the sides of me there was noise everywhere i felt like i was going to get shanked if i walked outside there was just a lot of a lot of uh just kind of a crazy neighborhood environment and um i just was very depressed and I had to really look at what's going on here. And I was just terrified of leaving. I felt like there was so much fear to make a change in my life. But at some point, the pain of the pain of staying became greater than the pain, you know, of like facing leaving. And so um, (laughs) I had to do a deep soul dive. And that voice came in again and Mm -hmm. said, go to Ojai. Uh, just very loud, go to Ojai, go to Ojai, go to Ojai. Mm-hmm. And so I knew this is the voice you listen to. So mm-hmm. I picked up and I didn't really have any friends here or any connections. And I just moved um, after 20 years of being in the same place. And so now I'm in this little cute farmhouse with a bunch of land and a completely different lifestyle and so much happier. And so that was just that was huge. It was so important. I needed to kind of hit that rock bottom level depression mm-hmm. to realize like it's time to make a change. Absolutely. And that's like, that's my favorite part of hearing these stories is there's always, it's like the alcoholic bottom, but it's different for, you know, where drinking booze wasn't your problem, but there yeah. has to be, and for myself, there had to be this moment where I was like, I can't do this, you know? Totally. And, it, and it's, 
it's like a i feel like we need to have a new term like it's it, sure we can, uh, an emotional rock bottom mm-hmm. you know a spiritual rock bottom or whatever but it's all like the same but i feel like in in the world of alcoholics it's embraced your embracer it's talked about or whatever but i feel like yeah. it applies in so many other genres if you will you know yeah there's people hit like a rock bottom with their like physical health you know where they're yeah. like i can't possibly feel any worse than this and then they start to yeah. make change yeah i just that's I'm, I'm so happy to bring these stories out Oh, it's so great. Yeah, I think there's there's so much. I mean, rock bottom moments are kind of, they're so great, right? They suck in the moment, (laughs) and it's like the worst thing you can feel, but they're just without Uh them. We don't grow. It's or Uh, I don't say uh, we don't grow. It's a lot more challenging, yeah, to grow without that push. Right, right. I feel like you're battling it. Okay, now I'm ready to like, I'm like, can we roll back? <laughs> yeah, let's roll it back. Like, okay. Yeah, let's roll it back. <laughs> now that we have like an overview. Yeah. Okay, when you were in rad school, you're th- you were a therapist. You were a practicing therapist. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm like, I want to know about your schooling and your degree. Like, I just wanted to know a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I went, I mean, what, what the degree was or just mm-hmm. the... Yeah, yeah, what yeah. you studied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I studied. It was a it was a general like marriage and family therapy track. Um, okay. okay, and so I I okay. did that track, and then I also did. I couldn't tell if I also wanted to work at schools with kids, so I also got a dual degree mm-hmm. with um, school counseling as well. So that was okay. my I got a degree in both of those things. Right, and then you totally got into that career. Yeah, I started working as a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I did private practice, and then I was also mm-hmm. working at this high school with troubled, mm-hmm. troubled teens. Which it's kind of like most teens, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, the oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like just teens. I was working with teens. Right. Yeah. So I was totally in that world. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so when when the the school shut down and you you found the eHarmony, was that you didn't have to relocate for that, it sounds like, because you, you said you lived in the same place for twenty years. Yeah, so eHarmony, the mm-hmm. office was, mm-hmm. you know was. eight minutes from my house and so it was perfect. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, it mm-hmm. it was a t- perfect job at that time. I love that. So let me ask you that then your undergrad degree, because I'm trying, I'm like realizing something, you know, uh, as you were yeah. telling the whole story, your undergrad degree, what, when you were working in, um, in New Orleans, what was that yeah. degree? Oh my God. I don't even know. It was a degree in nothingness. I oh, mean, okay. I don't, I never okay. graduated from there. I was there for a year and a half. Uh, I didn't know what I was focused. I mean, I had no, I was mm-hmm. kind of just, my head was yeah, in what the did sand. Your, I was, what'd your, ba- what'd you get your bachelor's in? Oh, my bachelor's was cool. I ended up going to this from the wilder from going the wilderness that changed my path. I ended up going to the school called Prescott College, which is a small school okay. in Arizona. My degree, what was it? What did we? You could kind of name your own degree. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of okay. school? Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah. let's see. I what was my degree in? <laughs> I think it was something around psychology. There was an eco psychology. There was like music. I f- I actually forget the title of my degree. It's been so many years now, but. Um, my focus was on psychology, outdoor education, and I put a, a, there was a focus on music too. And I think I had some groovy name like music and psychology. I don't even know. Um, I love it. Was well, a total I, hippie school. Yeah, I love clearly. it. I, I grew up near a hippie school in New Hampshire. Oh, you did? Oh, nice. <laughs> I, grew up, nice. Yeah, I grew up near Hampshire. <laughs> I did not go to Hampshire, but I just noticed this whole like arc of your career really matched your personal life. You know. Mm. And yeah, I just wanted to go back over that and, uh, you know, kind of in like this rainbow of like you, you had a very 
similar thread through all of them. So I was like, wait, why'd you get your undergrad in? Because it's, it's like mm. a, this trajectory that was following your personal path. Mm. So I just wanted to go over that. Was like the yeah. thread is all there. It's all there. Like now that you're in, you know, you know, your, um, your career now, it's just can yeah. still all the way be traced back to your, your bachelor's degree. But anyway, I just wanted to go yeah, over that. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So tell me about, okay, I really am fascinated by this moment where you, the when you were on uh, your trip and you were, you know, calling and, and uh, having this boy, you know, back, yes. <laughs> back here. Oh my God. Yeah. What, you, you said it was a really pretty dark time. Like what was, like paint me a picture of how old you were. You were in LA. You, you oh went back to God. LA, I assume. Tell, yeah. Let's go back to her. Let's go back to her. Let's right. hear about her. Yeah. Oh, a little younger Melanie. Let's see. So yeah. that that version of Melanie, how old was I? I think I was probably 33, 34. Yeah, that was just a really dark time. I think I was I was struggling so mm-hmm. much with the dating world. It's like the only thing I wanted at that time mm-hmm. was just find a guy, find a guy. And mm-hmm. there's so much focus and so much dating and frustration and anxiety and head mm-hmm. spinning and feeling insecure. And so at that one moment, I, for some reason, I really had this guy up there mm-hmm. um, that he was going to be the one. Yeah, I remember when he disappeared, we were supposed to have this date and I was so excited. I, I bought all this fruit for a picnic. And I was just, so I got new Lululemon pants on so I could look really hot. Of and course. I didn't have any cool yoga pants at that time. And <laughs> I remember I put so much energy into it. And then he disappeared. Mm-hmm. And the, I, this is kind of funny. He had said when, when I was in Bali, he was an mm-hmm. actor and he was, what's the word, you know, not applying when you're trying out for a commercial. What's the but you're auditioning. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I'm like, that's all I'm flying. Um, yeah. He was auditioning. So he was, he was going for this job in a, like a K's jewelry commercial. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he said, if I get it, I'm going to take us on a trip and where do you want to go? And let's have time, you know, and I was so excited. So anyway, he got the commercial and, you know, and I, he disappeared from my life, but he, that commercial was on all the time. I was constantly in the gym. So I'm like heartbroken, oh, no. working out in the gym. And there's him on the commercial proposing to a woman and kissing her. And it was on for like a year. I mean, I'm telling you, this commercial never stopped playing. And it was just this constant in-my-face reminder, reminder of how I just failed and lost this and... You know, but oh my goodness, that's my favorite so <laughs> little tidbit. I <laughs> so funny. a constant <laughs> reminder. Oh my gosh, yeah, there he just, is. There he is in my face. But it mm. was, yeah, it was, and I was just so, so depressed. Um, mm-hmm. I just felt like this is just not working for me, and mm-hmm. what's wrong with me? And this is so what had so that many pattern, of my feel. Yeah, had that yeah. pattern repeated a bunch before that. Oh yeah, I mean it mm-hmm. was it was constant. I think mm-hmm. this one was like the most painful. Well, right. Um, there was the something about cut. it. Yeah, it was a pretty deep cut, mm-hmm. which was exactly what I needed to kind of mm-hmm. wake me up. It was like mm-hmm. a little bitch smack, loving bitch smack from the universe, like mm-hmm. psh, like hey, you got to look at some stuff here. <laughs> right. And not only yeah. we're gonna keep putting it in your face because we're gonna keep showing you him like proposing to some woman who you yeah. thought you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh I'm gonna my. keep showing you. Yeah, it was. Oh my goodness. So how did you? So in that moment when you're like, okay, there's some deep stuff. Like, how did you start to excavate yourself? You know, like what? Yeah. Did you- 
Um, I think, well, the biggest thing at that time, this counselor that I went to, mm-hmm. this spiritual counselor, that mm-hmm. was huge um, mm-hmm. because she was really calling me out on how mm-hmm. I was putting all my energy, I was sourcing all my energy from men and not from myself and not from my connection mm-hmm. with something higher. And so mm-hmm. that was really powerful. And to get more you know, deeply connected to myself. That was huge. And I remember going on dates at that time and I'd, I'd always smile a lot to try to get people to like me. I had these Mm -hmm. things I did. I wasn't really being authentic all the time. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be chosen. So I tried to be the version of myself. I thought that men would like, I didn't, you know, all this was unconscious, but Mm -hmm. I was doing it. And I remember being at dinner one night with some guy and I was all smiley and, and just, I could feel myself getting off and making it all about him. And so because I was working with this counselor, I went to the bathroom, closed the stall, and I just remember going, okay, you are my source, not this man. Like I was, you know, connecting to something higher in that moment. You know, Mm -hmm. I am my source, God, you are my source, not this man. And I just had to get rooted back Mm -hmm. in my center. So I was learning how to bring myself, how to catch myself Mm -hmm. and bring myself back. So that that whole relationship of diving into spirituality, I think that was really powerful for me. And also just learning different tools. I met some friends that were learning about spiritual psychology mm-hmm. and going through programs, and they were sharing some different things with me. And I started implementing certain practices into my life that started shifting things. And so I think it was a combination of working with the counselor having my whole community be like therapists mm-hmm. and counselors mm-hmm. that where we were all sharing ideas, mm-hmm. um, all the people I studied with, all the workshops. Um, I just threw everything into this uh, into you know, how can I move beyond uh, this stuck place? The cycle, right? Yeah. So that was a powerful time. It keeps reminding me of, remember, I can't remember the quote. I can never remember quotes, but you probably know what I'm me talking either. about. Brene Brown of like yeah. when we hustle for our worthiness. And there's da 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 something. You were hustling for your worthiness constantly from these men. Yeah, totally. It was mm-hmm. like if they saw me as beautiful and they wanted to be with me, mm-hmm. I felt, and not even be with me. I mean, just if they chose me, if they wanted to like hook up with me, I thought, oh, right. I'm valuable. I'm worthy. Yes. They choose me. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. they didn't, then I felt like there must be something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And let me all get the this power was in their hands. Yeah. Sub question. Cause it's something I've come yeah. across in my life when there's a really difficult guy who likes nobody and nothing, when you can be chosen by that guy or that oh, yeah. person, <gasps> Oh, even so, more, right. I'm be, so special. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I am just the most special. I mean, yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah I remember <laughs> a guy and he was, um, I dated this guy once he was a, um, kind of almost like that shaman status where mm-hmm. when people, mm-hmm. he was way older than me and when people mm-hmm. would, see him they would say oh can you bless this thing of mine and they you know just you know and i just thought oh he's choosing me like i must be i'm he really must see that i'm so spiritual like he gets it like he's yeah. and really he was just as messed up as anyone you know like right. we all were so wounded but on the outside he was just praised and people would like mm-hmm. bow to him pretty much but you know yeah it's right, so, so it affected your works. worthiness scale too. Then you're like, oh, well, he oh, his opinion I, means more. Oh yeah, I up my worthiness with him. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> oh, so I sure. thought. Yeah, yeah totally. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so my, valuable now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
my friend uh, has coined a term where you said like when you were sending like the smiley really like approachable uh, uh, you know part of yourself up there she calls it sending in your yeah. representative yeah. oh that's yeah. great yeah. sending in like, your representative you're sending in your representative and then there's you back there knowing that it's not really you know your full self um up front you know and it and what's funny is interesting is is she talks about the um and that her full self does come like yeah she she does appear you know and then mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a dissonance for people you know yeah. like like but do you Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. But it it, it cause it can cause some issues, you know, because yeah, it's like, well, absolutely. you presented. I mean, there's a difference between like the best version of yourself and the best version of yourself, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, because we're totally. all striving to be a, a better version of ourselves, correct? But yeah, let's not forget about like sometimes we're not the best version of ourselves, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And I think it's just for me, the best version mm-hmm. is when you're. You know, when you're being fully authentic, your whole you know, self. when you, mm-hmm. yeah, you're your whole mm-hmm. self and you're truly authentic, whether that upsets people or not, you know, mm-hmm. and you just are standing in your own worth, then mm-hmm. whatever comes from there is, mm-hmm. that's the golden nugget. And I think that's where mm-hmm. so many people get challenged and I get it because I was there too. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. So, okay, you did, like, some some independent work, and you did work from, oh, the, the, the other one. You're a combination of the five people you spend, you know, most of your time with. It sounds like yeah. your friends, I, I love that, you know, theory or whatever you want to call it. It sounds your friends were also in similar, you know, um, movements, like forward. Totally. Uh, upstream movement. Is yeah. there anything else, like, that you, like, did you commit to yoga? Did you commit to um ballet did you commit to you know uh, a keto diet i don't know like what yeah. else helped you really get past because it seems like you were really able to get to the other side of this and this is a hard pattern for people yeah. to break yeah totally mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. for me when i look back there were so many different uh you know, at different stages in my life, mm-hmm. I've made had to make different commitments. So mm-hmm. it's changed, mm-hmm. right? It's not just mm-hmm. like, it was yoga and that helped me through right. everything. Yeah. You know, there's different times mm-hmm. where there's a time in my life when I was doing a movement practice every day and I was like mm-hmm. dancing for several songs a day and, and mm-hmm. releasing, you know, energy through my body somatically. Mm-hmm. You know, there was times when it's like a limiting belief practice and working mm-hmm. with my beliefs for 40 minutes mm-hmm. to an hour a day. Mm-hmm. You know, it it could be um, prayer. It could be stretching or exercise, mm-hmm. taking sugar out. I took sugar out for like four years. You know, there were different periods in my life where I would go to the, th- you know, whatever I needed at that time mm-hmm. or whatever I was tapped mm-hmm. into. But I, I do think those things that we implement, you know, when we, when we start doing those things, the ballet or the yoga or whatever mm-hmm. it is that mm-hmm. speaks to you, mm-hmm. those are such game changers, you know, mm-hmm. because it's like we need to do something different and sort mm-hmm. of wire ourselves to think differently and I think when we start implementing those practices mm-hmm. that's when things start to move it's not challenging you it's not changing you that's what Miss oh, yeah. Rachel Halla says all the time and a lot oh, of times that's, that's a good one uh-huh a lot of times it's physical challenge like the actual physicalness of going to a spin class or you know yoga or you know that the the, the truly physical movement of your body helps mm-hmm. move your brain <laughs> in so ways great that you, to do that yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to do my first 
Pilates uh, Very good. thing today. I'm so excited just to, you know, just to do something new. I think sometimes we get stuck in the same patterns yes. and I want to change it up. So I, yeah, always I wanted, trying. I'm new. so glad you said that. I wrote that down as well. I wanted to talk about that, about my friend Kelly and I have a conversation about how people get too really attached to like, and I'm experiencing that myself for about four or five years. It was yoga, yoga, yoga. And the last year mm. I haven't been able to go to the yoga studio and yeah. it, I am having a problem with my identity. <laughs> uh, yeah. But then my circumstances change though. And I live in a place that there's a trail that I can walk on. So I've been doing that instead, but Ooh. then I'm, yeah, so I'm doing, yeah. I'm outdoor 60% more than I ever was before, but I'm wow. having this weird an attachment thing to like, but no, I do yoga. Yeah. Do you still do yoga at your house? Like, are you doing it on your own or no? Yeah, but not as much, you know, not as, not as much. So uh, like, I'm like, but, but, but I, I just became, because that yoga really got me out of a really dark place. So I got too attached to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Because Mm -hmm. it saved you from this Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. So, right. So I'm like, I have to keep doing it because I'm still that good person. Yeah. Yeah, and it's going to keep me on the right track. But mm-hmm. how beautiful this opportunity mm-hmm. and how things shifted. So now you get to go to something else. How is the mm-hmm. trail? How is being on the trail for you? Do you find it oh, nourishing? I, oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I, I spent like, you know, I take my dogs and they, mm. it's like a private trail behind my house that the city owns. So I can just Amazing. let them go. And there's deer and there's all this. But what's, isn't that so funny though that I'm like, <gasps> but I haven't been doing my yoga. You know, right. and my friend Callie and I have been talking about that, and she's like, "There has to you have to allow yourself to have a season." Yeah, uh, so important. And mm-hmm. sometimes our seasons might be Netflix mm-hmm. and you know gaining ten pounds. I yeah. mean, it's, it's sometimes we <laughs> hashtag COVID, right? I mean, I yeah. feel like- I feel like everyone had that a lot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I think the important part, and I think that you you totally said this is is realizing when it's no longer working for you and just finding yeah. something else that fills your heart with joy in totally, that moment. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's not going to work for us forever, even like your apartment for 20 years. Yeah. I really, I tried to make that work forever, but nope. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Didn't. I love that. Are you into journaling? You know, I, I have at times in my life been into mm-hmm. it, but mm-hmm. I... Not Perfect so example. I <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we go. Ding, ding. Yeah. At times, journal queen. I mean, I had, I had a million mm-hmm. journals from growing mm-hmm. up. You know, just mm-hmm. stacks, and uh, and mm-hmm. I actually gave them to an old therapist of mine to hide oh, them in his house so my parents wouldn't read them. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> but no, but, uh, but no, I haven't. Uh, I I don't really journal much anymore. More mm-hmm. do just like practices connecting to source energy mm-hmm. visualization mm-hmm. just a, yeah different forms of connecting so how do you do that tell me about like what when you are setting out an intention to go like i'm gonna go connect to some energy you know like what yeah. does it look like for you i get i get on the ground so i mm-hmm. you know sit on a cushion and maybe i'll light a candle or sage mm-hmm. and you know usually it starts with meditation and just mm-hmm. getting still and quiet and then tuning into a lot of times it's tuning into appreciation and just noticing Mm -hmm. what I'm grateful for in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then I like to, and it depends on what's going on in my life. So for instance, right now, so when I get quiet, Mm -hmm. I feel connected, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel more connected to what's around me. But like right now I just found out that 
I need to leave this place that I'm living next December. So mm-hmm. I need to be finding another place to live. And it's housing is limited here. Mm-hmm. But I am going, I'm standing in that I'm going to find the most amazing place. And that the mm-hmm. fact that I have to leave is perfect and is guiding me to my next adventure. So every day now I visualize the energy of the place that I want to move into and just holding that energy. So I go into visualization about whatever I'm, you know, wanting to put my energy towards. Um, If I'm having any anxiety in my life, um, if anything's coming up that feels off, I look at what is the belief that I have that's creating this off feeling. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I work with that belief. So that's, that's Mm -hmm. usually the work that I do. I love it. And this is a lot of, uh, I feel like you, uh, your therapy background, your therapist background, which you should, should say. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, annoyed. definitely. Because I think a lot of people get stuck in the treating the symptoms, you know, treating the symptoms, treating the symptoms without getting to the root cause. And mm. I mean, that's a lot of addiction, uh, therapies if you yeah. will right is yeah treating. there's a lot of yeah numbing out mm-hmm. and just like i don't want to feel this like how mm-hmm. can i not feel anxious like for instance mm-hmm. i have a lot of clients that just they're un- you know you're uncomfortable mm-hmm. so let's escape and mm-hmm. i'm always like it's you have to you know you have to invite instead of pu- trying to push the anxiety away invite it to the table to have tea with you like bring it in like come mm-hmm. on let's have a cup of tea and let's talk about what's going on here little one yeah. <laughs> and really being able to work with it that's the only way through it you know mm-hmm. so the only way out is through. yeah so that's what i'm always uh-huh. doing is trying to like face whatever is coming up and I'm not perfect, you know. I have my moments of, mm-hmm. or I can go to carbs and sugar and and <laughs> Netflix uh, and Netflix, and then I catch myself and I go, "Oh, this isn't feeling so good," right? And then right. go back into the practices. When you're, when you're, I like that. I love. I love. I want to hear more stories of this, of like, hmm. of you being like, I, I do what I can when I can, and then I get back to it if I've strayed from it because I feel like there's a lot of shame that people carry about, like. You know, like, oh, I, I, so oh, much. I broke yeah. the diet or whatever. I hate that word. You know what I mean? And, and then, yeah. they, you know, or or I it just uh, went back to, you know, a habit they were trying to, you know, get away from. Because um, yeah. I think there's a lot of presented of like, your habits have to be this consistent or, you know, and, and that's it. You have to do it every day in 30 minutes. Da, da, right. da, da. And or there's not fail. a lot. Of, or, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's the voices of like, just get back up again. Like uh, I feel like are, are coming up and I'm just happy to hear that. Oh yeah. It's so important yeah. that like that mm-hmm. love, that unconditional love and regard for ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. when we fall off and, mm-hmm. and I think that's so important because it's so easy to, you know, I see people all the time shaming themselves for where they are. Mm-hmm. And I used to do it so much. There was so much mm-hmm. shame. And now I've just cultivated an environment with myself of full compassion. You know, if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm Netflix and eating pizzas and Ben and Jerry's, love and compassion. If I'm, you know, uh, hiking every day and eating broccoli every meal, love and compassion. It doesn't matter where I am. Mm-hmm. It's that, that love and compassion. And that's so important. Where did you learn unconditional love and compassion at that degree? <laughs> I think I just, it took, it was over a period of time mm-hmm. of really working with mm-hmm. core beliefs and, um, 
Yeah, doing this inner work, I think over the years, mm-hmm. it's just something that grew within me. It's like there's no point in shaming ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're all doing, I really genuinely think we're all doing the best that we can, mm-hmm. um, even if that looks like Netflix and uh, and pad thai. I, yeah. I'm just going to keep bringing out a yeah, different yeah. a different thing okay. that I'll go to every and grilled cheese. Yeah, yeah, um, I love it. But uh, yeah, it's like we're, I feel like we're all doing the best we can in every given moment, even when that's not a lot. And so I just think it's so important to honor whatever stage we're in and bring love and compassion to that place. I don't know. I, I guess it took me some years to get there, but I'm grateful to be there. <laughs> that's a fucking great place to be <laughs> yeah I can tell, I can tell. yeah and I'm yeah go ahead did you, I was about to say did you come from a family that exhibited these sort of traits or is this something that you found no. on your own okay <laughs> definitely not <laughs> I yes. mean I grew up in a in my family system it was um I feel like, I mean, God bless them. They did the best they best could do, they could. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. And I love, I'm, I'm close to my family and I love and appreciate them. But I think the message back then was about fitting in mm-hmm. and looking a certain way. I grew mm-hmm. up in LA mm-hmm. in a certain, you know, culture, I feel like. And mm-hmm. it was about looking good, being certain skinniness and, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And so mm-hmm. it was like, if you veer from that, you're sort of a black sheep and you're not acceptable, you know, you're not accepted. So that was the environment I grew up in. So this is definitely something I didn't get. I didn't, I didn't get to where I am now from, from my family. It definitely took a lot of inner work. Yeah. I feel like we just connected, we just connected a puzzle piece here of of how you were hustling. I I feel like I I did for you. Tell me. (laughs) You were hustling for your worthiness based off of like growing up in that sort of, Right. So it, it sounds like your family system kind of projected it like fit in and get accepted and be loved by other people, which is very yeah. much, I feel like a culture in LA period. Right. Totally. And then that turns into always projecting it onto someone else. And, and that turned out to be like the, the suitors that came into your life. Yeah. Yeah. It was always about what other people thought and yep. what, what I thought or how I felt was completely irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. Irrelevant. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. So interesting. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) (gasps) All right. Um, So I want to talk about like, because we've mentioned it a little bit. Now, how this has led you to the, you know, career you have, you've mentioned clients, you know, like bring us, bring us to how this has now just seems to be like a personal professional, like (sighs) into, you know, the center marriage, just beautiful union. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so just hearing how that came together. So tell me back in your story when um, it's been since eHarmony is when you went out on your own. So how how long mm-hmm. ago was that? And tell me about what this process was like. Of <sighs> yeah, so um, God, when was that? It's all the years just blend yeah, into right. one at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I think I've been doing this business for about five years. Is my guess mm. at this point? <laughs> I yeah, it was it was so beautiful. I mean, it it was scary at first. I thought, mm-hmm. okay, I'm a therapist, and so I'm supposed right. to just see anybody. But I really have this passion for Mm -hmm. focusing on dating and relationships. It's Mm -hmm. my, it was my biggest struggle and Mm -hmm. I'd put so much work and effort into figuring it out. And Mm -hmm. I finally got to a place where I felt like I really had, you know, where I, Mm -hmm. I, I was able to get to a place where 
I no longer made men my source. I no mm-hmm. longer was anxious and spinning in my head and, mm-hmm. you know, um, overanalyzing everything. And it mm-hmm. became, I got to a place where it became easy to attract in like-minded men who were available. And when I got to that place, I'm like, okay, this is, I want to do this. And when I started working from home because of eHarmony, I just thought, this is what I'm, yeah, I can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so, um, yeah, I, I took a business course and that was really helpful in learning how to, mm-hmm. how do I market and what am I supposed to do? And, and, uh, and that was really helpful. And it just was like so natural for me to go into this realm. You know, it had my, with my psychotherapy background yes. mm-hmm. um, and passion for understanding what's going on under the surface with really, I get where my clients are at, you know, mm-hmm. when they struggle with this stuff, it just makes so much sense to me because I was there. Yep. And mm-hmm. so I so love it. It's, it just so delights me to help people in this realm. So yeah, it all kind of just came together beautifully. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was, it was interesting. I'm remembering I dated, I dated a lot. Um, I dated this one guy and he was a dating coach mm-hmm. and I you know, would stay over and wake up in the morning and he would coach people, you know, he'd bring me in. Oh, hey, I've got, you know, Melanie here. She's a therapist. And well, we're going to, you know, we'll both be here today helping right? you. And I'm I love like, it. okay, like, I'll just see what this is about. And it wasn't even like, it wasn't even Skype or video. We're just lying there stretching and talking to people. And I thought, and I'm there talking to his clients and mm-hmm. his clients are saying, oh, it's just so helpful. Thank you, Melanie. And I remember just thinking, this is can do this, you know, this is, yeah. So that was perfect to get that experience of Mm -hmm. actually witnessing what it was like to do this work and realizing, oh yeah, this is good. So that's kind of how it all came together. That's great. (laughs) I'm going to have Melanie here with us today. (laughs) (laughs) Melanie, Melanie's joining us. She's an amazing therapist. And I'm like, okay, we just got out of bed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, half dressed and okay. We're gonna yeah. I'm happy to join you for this session today while we have coffee and stretch. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it It was perfect. It's I love it. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) have you found and and I feel like because I took one coaching class last year and then COVID kind of put an put an end to that. And the the teacher that I had used to be a therapist as well. So this is a pretty common thing. Am I am yeah. I right? <laughs> is that, that people transition? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I'm not, not sure. So I mean, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I I know some therapists mm-hmm. that have transitioned to coaching, but mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of the therapists I know have stayed therapists. Yeah. Okay. I just was like, wait, I've heard this before. Where did I hear this before? I was like, oh, right. You know, my my teacher. Yeah. It's a pretty easy transition because yeah, that's what I'm. You yeah. have all these skills and tools, but you're just doing it in kind of a different format and mm-hmm. you don't have to have your office. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's all that freedom, which I loved. Right. I love being a coach and not having a, I didn't like having to go to a drive to an office and wait. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, working from home feels mm-hmm. like such a yes. And being able to travel and live anywhere mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. felt so great. So yeah. Do you see anything in the future? Like what, what do you, I, I always like to ask, like, is there, is there anything else you want to conquer? Is there any, like, um, I don't know. I just like to open it up and ask people. Yeah. Is there, wor- sh- are you working I'm, on anything? 
I'm sure. I mean, right now, my big focus is on just even expanding my business even more mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. creating new things. So I'm, my assistant and I are always, you know, digging in and and working on things together. And so I'm. Mm-hmm. I feel really passionate about just being able to serve as many people in this realm as I can so that, you know, the people don't have to go through what I went through and and feeling (laughs) anxious and all that stuff. So, so yeah, really a lot of energy is just growing the programs Mm. and, and doing that work right now. Mm. And, um, and then my new, my new passion, I'm I'm like, I'm so excited to start my Pilates today. I'm excited to actually put energy toward my physical form Mm -hmm. um, because it's something Mm. I kind of, I go, oh, okay, I can get on the elliptical or I can take mm-hmm, my hike and right. I'm good. I can eat healthy. I'm good. But I, I, I realized, you know, why not be the strongest, best yep. version of myself physically? And so I've mm-hmm. just, all of a sudden this thing came over me of I'm ready to like really get in shape. And I'm so excited to take that on and to move towards it. that. So today is actually the first day and I can't wait. I love that. And I think, <laughs> you know, gosh, I love when people can do it in segments. Does this make sense? Like, I feel like it's really hard to like tackle your physical, emotional, spiritual, like all that at once. Yeah. Take it in steps. You know what I mean? Like if you're working on like some past trauma, don't worry about getting to the gym every day. You know, like you can get to that in five years, you know? Totally. One thing at a time. Otherwise Mm. it's too overwhelming. It's too overwhelming and you're going to quit all of it. Yeah, it's like find the thing that you're most passionate about working mm-hmm. with and just mm-hmm. move towards that. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, fortunately, I'm in a place now where I can just go, let's do physical form. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. Oh, I love that. I just side note, like what, like, yes. what is the age range of your clients? Like, are they in 20 something? Yeah, like- so I would say. There's a range, I, mm-hmm. I would say from like uh, late 20s, mid mm-hmm. to late 20s through you know, early 60s, really. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like people so there's a getting, range in- is this a, like getting back into a dating scene after like a divorce or something? Yeah. Divorce or some, you know, mm-hmm. there's people that haven't been married and they really, you know, their self-esteem is impacted. Like what's mm-hmm. wrong with me that mm-hmm. everyone else has had it. But yeah, a lot of women get divorced. We're in unhealthy or abusive mm-hmm. relationships, but yeah, it's great. I, I do this. Uh, I have this group coaching program and you know, there's this range of ages and experiences. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's so interesting to hear from everyone because even though they might have different circumstances, everyone's dealing with the same stuff, Mm -hmm. really, you Mm -hmm. know, and so it's, yeah. So the age becomes totally irrelevant and, uh, yeah, I love it. Okay, these are my rapid fire silly questions. Okay. Oh my gosh, rapid fire. Let's see yeah. how I do it. Rapid All right. fire. I'm well, such not, a thinker. We'll see well, how not, I can. I mean, they're the easy questions, and they're not. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. What was your first? What was your first car? Uh, it was a Volkswagen Jetta. It was the white Jetta. The white wondering. Jetta. Oh wow. my gosh! What a dream. <laughs> uh, that was not my sister's first car, but she eventually got one. What was she yours? Loved. Mine was a gold Chevette scooter. Chevy oh, Chevette. I know. Wow. Damn, girl. But not a scooter. Awesome. It wasn't a scooter. It was called a scooter. Uh, oh, like it was she- called a scooter, but it wasn't yeah. a scooter. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Chevy I didn't Sh- see this car. Yeah. Chevy Chevette. I mean, it just looked like a Geo Metro or something. It was like a hatchback wow. and it was gold. Yeah. Oh, Chevy my Chevette. God, a gold car. That's yeah. amazing. I love gold. And it's so funny when I realized, I was like, oh, and there, I have no photos of that car. <sighs> so sad. So I know. sad. I know. Yeah. How old were you when you got your period? 
14, a little late. Ooh, a little late, yeah. I yeah. I thought that was more average, like 14, until I started asking women this question. It's 11, what, 12. What if, 11 and 12. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, yeah, and um, yeah, I'd say 12 is actually, and that's, I was 12. Oh, that's, oh, you were 12. That's mm-hmm. so interesting. Yeah, I remember feeling really behind, thinking yeah. there mm-hmm. must be something wrong with me. You see, it started yeah. early. There must be something wrong with me. So, I yeah. thought I started early. I, like, I was like, no, this hasn't happened to anyone, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Of course, we didn't talk about it, you know. Oh, no. No, talk hell about that no. Stuff. Yeah. Hell no. What's the last book you read? Or what are you reading right now? There's a communication book I'm reading. I'm like, mm. it's not in this room. I don't even remember the title. But it's It's on, really good. <laughs> it's a really good book. No, it's on deepening communication. It's like taking okay. nonviolent communication to... Um, it's not that main person that writes about nonviolent communication, but someone else that's sort of like okay. pulling it apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, toilet paper, over, under, or you don't care? Uh, over, over. Yep. Oh, my uh, God. Over for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah even, under seems so hard. Do people say under? I, I, Do, I've had maybe one, and I've had a lot of people that say they don't care, and I'm just like, how can you not care? I know. I remember hearing this question many, many years ago, and I thought, I don't know. Like, Do I even pay it? I didn't pay attention. But once mm-hmm. I, that came into my consciousness, I'm like, oh, yeah, it has to be over. Like, okay, the, the most shocking thing is I, <laughs> I listened to Michelle Obama's podcast, and she talked yeah. about her family is an under family, and she became an <gasps> over because Barack was an over. Oh my God! I always wonder too. If people have cats. Like, is does over? Do they need to go under because the cat would? If it was over, oh. it would like pull it. I wonder if that is influenced. Okay, we people. have a cat, but he doesn't do that. And I imagine okay, yes, that good. could be a thing. That's a that's a sub question. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. We have to investigate that. Yeah. <laughs> um, cilantro. Yes or no. Yeah. Okay. Let's do yeah, cilantro. That's great. These yeah. are amazing questions. Yeah. I asked that one and there's a, been a lot of people that have responded no because you know how it tastes like soap to some people. Yeah. Fucking yeah, but I think in in some salsa, mm-hmm. I mean all day long. Right. What about you? Do you do it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I live in okay. Texas. Okay. Yeah, salsa. Oh. Uh, yeah, cilantro okay. on everything. Salsa please. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and cilantro <laughs> on everything. But some people it tastes like soap and it's yeah. fascinating to me. It's they a little can, soapy. Yeah, yeah they, it's, uh, I find that fascinating. Okay, when you drink a latte or, you know, um, if you don't drink coffee, do you drink coffee? I drink coffee, yeah. Okay, cool. When you, you walk into your coffee shop and you're ordering a latte, what kind of milk do you order? Well, I'm like, whatever, do you have non-dairy? Yeah. And then whatever, whatever their thing is that they say, mm-hmm. I'll pick from that. These okay. days I'll say, I'll choose oat if they have okay. oat. Okay, yeah. uh-huh. Yep, we have, <laughs> I, I own coffee shops, that's why I ask this question. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah. That's we ha- great. We ha- do you guys have oat? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> we have okay. oat. Oh, very good. Oh yeah. my gosh, I'd be yeah. so happy there. Yeah. yeah. Can you drive a standard transmission? I believe if you had the Jetta. Yeah. No, the Jetta no. was automatic. No, I learned standard transmission. I used okay. to tour as a musician, and the guy I toured with had a standard, and and I learned it to drive with him. But mm-hmm. I was so anxious mm-hmm. all the time when I would do it because I didn't feel comfortable. That I just said, "Screw it." He drove, and I never. I mean, I'm sure I could figure it out if you if there was an emergency and I had to get in the car. Mm-hmm. You I'd probably that. be able to, but no. It's, isn't that wild? I might start just to, 
<laughs> a, a class where I teach all my like grown women how to drive a standard. Yeah, how to drive. I know. Can you do like you're like okay, press these at yeah. the same in time. But, no. but you need to have a car to practice on. So if nobody, I thing. feel like there's so many automatic cars now. Mm-hmm. We had to rent. My dad had to rent me. A, as we got, I rented a stick car and like uh-huh. drove around LA try, in parking lots and trying to, to try to. Uh huh. Yeah. The first my first car that gold Chevette was a standard. Yeah. It was like a four oh, speed. Of course. Yeah, and because oh, it was in 1981, and mm, I got it home like on an afternoon, and my dad was like, "I'll show you how to drive it tomorrow." Did I fucking wait around for my dad to show me how to drive it? Hell no! I got in that thing and taught myself how, and he was <gasps> like. How did you do that? And it was like Damn. my mom. My mom had driven a standard like my whole yeah. life, you know. So I, I yeah. like kind of paid. I, I paid attention. I knew. And oh. I, I was like, I figured it out. I fishtailed through an intersection. Like, didn't know how to stop correctly. That's amazing. Yeah, that and, is badass. Yeah, I just he and I was that kid. I was that teenager. He was like, fine, you know. Oh my gosh! I can't believe you figured that out. That I, I, I needed assistance. Wow. Yeah, I just I was real fucking determined because it meant I got out of the, like I we didn't live close to it. To, like I got to go if I figured it yeah. out. So I was You're like, like I'll do it. Whatever <laughs> I need to do to get out of here. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so obviously it's in your family of origin. You know uh, yeah. where are you in the birth order? You know, are you the? Old I'm top. One? I'm the first kid. I've of got how a many? younger. Younger brother and a younger sister. Oh, you're the top of three. I love that. The top. Yeah. This is this is such a fascinating question too. What okay. was your kindergarten teacher's name? Miss Delaviv. <gasps> you remember? I can, How is that even happening? I mean, I. That's. The Isn't name that fascinating? That pops out. Uh huh. How is that I, even? I love asking people this. But if you said this. first grade or second grade, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's such this memory, and I love bringing it up for people. And some people oh don't gosh. know. They're like, I don't know, you know, but a lot are like, I haven't thought about her in 30 years or 20 years. Oh or, my gosh. I love I it. And so many people have up. it. Yeah. That's incredible. I remember her makeup, and uh-huh. she was very pretty with a lot of foundation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. I love it. Wow. That's a good what one. Do you, what do you regret more the next day? High heels or jalapenos? High heels. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know how people survive in high heels. I don't. The the pain that my foot would have doing that would would last more than the jalapenos. I think. Got it. Yeah. All right. So that's my ten questions. Oh my gosh! Um, I love those questions. They're so good. I love them. Um, I want everyone to know where they can find you. Like, tell us your website, your your social medias, all those things. Uh, yeah, all the things. Okay, yep. so social media seems to be the best way to find mm-hmm. me these days, most content. Um, mm-hmm. So on Instagram, it's Melanie Hirsch, M-E-L-A-N-I-E-H-E-R-S-C-H. Uh, and then on Facebook, I, it's Good At You is my business page. Mm-hmm. And, my, and my website is Good At You, all spelled out, uh, .com. So those are the best I ways love, to find me. I love yeah. the name of your website, the good at you. Oh, that. thanks. Yeah, thanks. I saw that email come across and I was like, good at you. Yeah. Good at you. You know, it's so funny because some people are like, what do you, I, your business name is really off. Like I don't, you know, yeah. and, and then other people go, that's so cool. Yeah. And I don't know. You know. Yep. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I know. Get good at yourself. Yep. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, and I'll remind everyone of two things. One, you can find me at LaJoy Society, which is L-A-J-O-I-E Society. And that's, you know, dot com and on the social medias. And then, oh, gosh, I just almost 
can't come up with any other good ways to say rate the show other than just rate the show. <laughs> rate every, the show, everyone. Every, rate yeah, the show. I rate the show. I'm like, how many more creative ways can I say this? I don't know. All right, everyone, just do it. <laughs> rate Thank it. You. I'm going to go rate it. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. See? And that's why I say, I'm like, you're on your phone right now if you're listening to this. So, like, pick it up and, like, hit the things. Okay, good. All right, everyone. I'm glad you did that. So easy. Great. So easy. <laughs> All right. Well, I will. I will see you all. No, no, I won't see. You. It's so funny. It's like we'll meet here I again. Know. What are you gonna say? I know. We. Yeah. I say we'll meet here again next week. Totally. Right, That's a good way. <laughs> bye, everyone. Everything up to this point has led me here, and there's nowhere I'd rather be than to be here. All the sense is made.